uh, always thankful for the Holy Spirit's uh, move, and uh, we are sensitive to that here at Lead Church. We're going to actually talk about that a little bit today. I've been excited about this series we've been in called Better, uh, because I don't know about you, but I, I want to be better. Anybody else want to be better in this life? And so I survey the sum total of the life of Josh Watson and see the depravity of the life of Josh Watson, and I realize i got to aim for better, because there's still plenty of work that Jesus needs to do in my own life, and so I'm sure that you find yourself there as well. And it's not just about being better, though, but what we're talking about is being better. It's my life, but it's according to God's design. And, and it's so significant. I, I think one of the reasons that, man, the Holy Spirit was just camping on that song for us is, is we're, we're going to come back to that, the breath of God and what that means to us in this very conversation that we're having this morning. But I, I want to start with a question for you this morning. And I want to ask you, uh, d- have any of you, like, you've you've made a commitment, it's been the first of the year, or at some point you've made a commitment, and and then you failed. Am I talking to the right crowd this morning? You've made a commitment, New Year's resolution, maybe, sure, or just some kind of a commitment, you've made it, and then all of a sudden, eh, it didn't work out. Uh, If you go to the gym tomorrow morning, you will see that 60, 70% of people didn't make it, because I think the 19th is kind of the cutoff. After the 19th, all the regulars can go back and have your gym back. So we've all experienced this. We've all, we've made a commitment and then we just failed. And, and to be honest, you know, we all, we've all fallen short of the target at different times in our life, in our career, in our marriage, in our, in our family, raising children. We've all set a goal, but we've missed the mark. Now, I want to ask you another question, kind of a follow-on question. Uh, if you're here this morning and you're born again and you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, have you ever, did you ever realize this? Did you ever come to a point where I made a commitment, but then I, I found Christ, but I still found myself struggling? I was like, I thought Jesus was just going to fix it all. It's like it's going to go away. And we find ourselves, man, I, I, and I, I kind of remember my own story, you know. I, I jokingly say I cut my teeth on a church pew uh, because I did. I grew up in church. I don't really know uh, life outside of church. And I, I'm thankful for that heritage in my life. But, but I do remember when I got really serious about following Christ, and it wasn't just my parents' religion, it wasn't just my parents' relationship that I was uh, interacting with, but I found my own relationship with Jesus, and, and I got serious about this journey uh, of being a Christian, and I remembered, man, I wanted to change, there was things in my life, I was like, I want to do this better, I want to be better, I want to change the way that I'm interacting with people in the world, and, and, and I genuinely desired better in my life, but I also noticed something that I didn't expect. I noticed also along that same t- journey that there were still habits and hangups and shortcomings and disappointments and disillusionments that, uh, that's not even a word, but it's a word this morning, that I was still holding on to that were still affecting my journey. And, and again, I just need to know that I'm talking to the right crowd this morning. Has anybody else experience that. I think we all 
would get our hands in there. In fact, it reminds me of a movie, one of my, I, I used to love this movie. I haven't seen it in a few years, but how many of y'all have ever seen the movie Groundhog's Day? Groundhog's Day, yeah. Bill Murray, listen, if you don't know what that movie is, you're too young for your own good, okay? Go watch that movie. It's a great movie. But Bill Murray, he, you know, he, it's, he experiences the same day over and over and over again, and he does everything to try to get out of this rut that he was in this same day. And you can literally see him throughout the course of the movie lose hope. He's like, I'm just bound to this. This is what it's going to be. I, I wake up with a new vision every morning of how I'm going to get out of this, and here I am again. Has anybody ever felt like you can relate to Bill Murray. I know I've been there. It's just like, uh, here we go again. It's the same day. Uh, no matter what I try, I feel stuck. And I'll be transparent. When you are struggling, it is easy to lose hope. It's easy to lose the hope that you once had. And you're like, man, I just feel like this is the sum total of what it's going to be. Day in and day out, you, you go and you try, you try your best, and it just doesn't seem to get any better. It just doesn't. And I can actually relate very well to uh, Timothy in the, in the Bible, a young pastor who had a young church that had many struggles of its own, and the members within the church had struggles of that. Now, Timothy had a different church. You guys don't have any struggles. I never talked to you about struggles in your own life. But Timothy, he had a church full of people that had struggles, all right, somebody? And, and so I can kind of relate to this because there, there was uh, there's this, he, he was even struggling himself. There was things that he was dealing with on top of all the other pressures that were on him. And in fact, we can read about it in 1 Timothy, some encouragement that was given to him. 1 Timothy 4.8, it says this, physical training is good, but training for godliness is what? Much better, promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. Verse 9, he says, this is a trustworthy saying and everyone should accept it. This is why we work hard and continue to struggle for our hope. Everybody say hope is in the living God. Man, listen, hope is so important to the Christian life. When we have it, man, we can take on the world. When we don't have it, we feel like the world is on our shoulders. And there's a few things that happen, and I want to kind of go through them quickly with you, that when we lose hope, when we, when we lose hope there, in times of struggle, there's a few things. It's actually, a, it's really a progressive pattern that plays out if, you're, if you pay attention to it. And the first thing that happens when we lose hope is, number one, you can write this down in the margins of your notes if you want, uh, we, our circumstances become greater than God. Our circumstances, what's going on around me, all of a sudden becomes greater than God. And, and we, we take our eyes off of God's power, off of his wisdom and, and how he works, and we place it on the storm, we place it on the trouble, we place it on the struggle that's in front of us. And then we start talking like this, I don't know if I can make it. I don't know if I've got it in me. I don't know if I'll make it through this. I'm going to die in the middle of, anybody talk, self-talk like that to yourself before. Our first thing that happens when we lose hope is we, our circumstances become greater than God. We're, you're losing hope 
in God. And again, th- this is a pattern. It, it follows a pattern. So first we lose hope. Our, our circumstances become greater than God. The second thing that happens is our politics become greater than God. Now, I'm not just talking about Democrat and Republican and Independent and Tea Party and whatever else party you want to be a part. That's not, it can play into that, but it's greater than that. I'm talking about any cause in your life that you put higher than Jesus. Anything that you put confidence in, in order to figure something out that's broken in your life, you put your trust in it in order to say, I, you know, I'm going to get on this new bandwagon. You know, uh, I, when you get beat down by the circumstances of life, we will often reach out to other things to dedicate our life to that, to distract us. You know, maybe it's saving the whales. Maybe it's the next multi-level whatever marketing thing. Maybe it's global warming. Maybe it is politics, you know, the Democrat, Republican Party, whatever it is. But, but here, anything to distract ourselves from the real issues that we're dealing with or trying to find another solution to them. We champion causes that we think will change us. But here's what's clear. The Bible, again, we always come back to God's word. The Bible is very clear that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. There is only one way, and it's Jesus. And so what we do is we trade God's better promise for current events. Think about it. We trade God's better for current events that are around us. Listen to me. What I'm not saying this morning is don't stand up for what you believe in. By all means, stand up for what you believe in. I'm not saying you shouldn't vote your conscience. By all means, do do those things. But my point is this. My point is that this government, this culture that we live in right now is going to pass away. It's going to be no more. Do not put your hope in it. Don't do it. We live, listen, the Bible says this, it says we live in this world, but we are not what? Of this world. We're not. We belong to, we are citizens of the kingdom of heaven. We belong in a different kingdom. We live under different principles. Don't make your politics greater than God. And see, the progression is first, the first, again, we, we our, our poli- our, the first thing is that our circumstances become greater than God, then our politics become greater than God, and then this is what happens. Then we become greater than God. What happens is we revert to controlling and striving in my own righteousness, in my own right doing, because I've been so deluded and polluted by stinking thinking, I like to call it. And we'd like to try to take matters into our own hands and control situations. And all of a sudden, what I'm saying without saying it is that I am greater than God in my life. And we revert to this. And again, this is a pattern. You can see this play out in just about any person's life when we lose hope. We judge others harshly. We, 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 we judge them from our own shame. We judge them from our own disappointments. And all of a sudden, we become the God of our own little universe. Now listen, here, here's, here's the good news in this, okay? I've, give, I've given you a lot of bad news this morning. Let me give you some hope this morning, okay? You can only find hope in God's design. 
You can only find hope there. There is hope in God's design to overcome every setback, to come overcome everything that you failed in, that you've struggled with, that's tempted you, that's caused you grief and sorrow. There is, there is hope in God's design. There is hope in him. Now, here, that's great, but to find that hope, what we have to understand and what I want to spend a little bit of time with you this morning is we have to, we have to understand how we are designed by God to live. Not how I want to live, but how God has designed me to live. How many of y'all know there's a difference? We've been talking about this for three weeks now. So how are we designed to live? Well, we have to look, we, we have to look at God. To start with, okay, God, is, it's, he's the trinity. He is three parts in one. He's the what? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is so important. And we were made, the Bible says, in the image of who? God. Yeah, not Josh Watson. Okay? We were made in the image of God. God is three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We are three persons as well. I'm going to prove it to you in Scripture. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Let me show you. God uh, this says this, May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. Anybody else want to be sanctified through and through in 2020? Man, I could just stop right there and just camp there for a while because I don't know about you, but I need God's sanctifying power in my life. I need your cleansing in my life, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, would you, if you do anything else this year, would you purify, would you sanctify me through and through? I don't know about you, but that's my prayer in this life. goes on, says, may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless. I just gave it to you right there at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of Lord Jesus Christ. Now, so we are created in three parts. Let me break them down. We are spirit, we are soul, and we are body. Your spirit connects with God. We're going to put some diagrams on the screen for you this morning, okay? Your, your, your spirit connects with God. That, that's what it was designed. That's who you are. When you leave this earth, your spirit returns to him. It once was dead, but as soon as you said, I confess that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior, it says that you are now born again. You are a new creation. That spirit that once was dead comes alive on, you, on the inside of you again. So your spirit, you're also soul. There's a soul on the inside of you. Your soul comprised of this. It's your mind, your will, and your emotions. How many of y'all get in trouble the most with your mind, your will, and your emotions? Just wave at me. Yeah. Why? Because I like to say it this way. Your mind, it's your thinker. Your, your will, it's your chooser, the choices that I make. And your emotions, it's your feelings. And we know we don't trust our feelings. So that's your soul. So you have your spirit. It connects with God. You have your body, your, 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 your soul, your mind, your will and emotions. And then you have your body. It's your five senses. It's how you act things out. It's your actions are done by, through, through your body. Now, everybody repeat after me because I want you to get this in it. I am a spirit. I have a soul. I live in a body. Anybody else thank you that, uh, that you're going to get a new one pretty soon, someday? Glory to God. I don't know about you. The older I get, I'm like, I'm ready for that new body, man. I know it's going to have six-pack abs. Good. Anyway, all right. <laughs> so listen, to get better, here, here's where, I, where I'm driving this this morning. 
it's not just good enough to have your spirit born again. Because that's just one part of you. We can be born again in our spirit, but we still have two other things to contend with, don't we? Right? It's not just good enough. I don't even know if that's good language, all right? But it's not good enough for you to just be born again in your spirit. We have to deal with the soul and the body also. And a lot of times, the reason we get frustrated is because we say the prayer, we accept Jesus, and then we're still doing the same things. And that's because the spirit's been renewed. But listen, the same soul of Josh Watson and the same body of Josh Watson are under operating under the same principles that I have all my life. Now watch this. Even after we are born again, it is the soul that holds us back from lasting success and change. It's our mind, it's our will, it's our emotions, and all those things inform the body on what to do. Are you tracking? I know we're doing science here this morning, but are you, are you following me? This is so important because when you catch this, I'm telling you, you'll be able to overcome a lot of things in your life. They inform our actions, the mind, will, and the spirit. It, 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 I'm sorry, the, the, mind, the, the, it, the mind, the body, it informs our actions. And so what we have to do, how many of listen, how many of all you want to make lasting changes, but you, why do I keep coming back to this? Paul himself even said, I want to, why can't I do what I want to do? I know what's right, I can't do it, but everything that I know to do is wrong, I continue to do that. Even Paul wrestled with this. So how do you overcome those feelings? How do you overcome those thoughts? How do you, under, how do you begin to have the propensity to not make the wrong decisions, but the right decisions in the body that you live in. All of those are very real things that we struggle with. And let me tell you, a lot of them are lies too that the enemy wants to buy you into that you, oh, this is just the way you're gonna be. So where do I start? You start once your spirit is alive by retraining your soul to let the spirit lead. That's how you do that. Well, how do I do that? I'm glad that you asked. You're a good congregation this morning. I'm gonna give you some information on that, all right? How do, I retrain, uh, how do I retrain the soul to align with what the spirit says I need to do? You know very well, because I've been talking about it, I've been on this health journey for about the last year. And I've been retraining my body to get in line with some things, okay? And, and, and here's what I've learned in this journey, and I, I want to bring this to the spiritual, but I've got to give you a physical example of it, Okay? What I've learned, I've been actually a part of a couple clubs online, uh, the, the running clubs, and I've been kind of learning how do I get better at this, how do I uh, increase what I'm doing. And, and, and what I've learned is very interesting because I wasn't paying attention to it at first. But what I learned is that your breath, your, the, the very air that you breathe, has everything to do with how far and how fast you can run and with how fast you can recover after you've ran long and hard. And it has everything to do with that. And so how you breathe when you run matters. How you bring in oxygen and you exhale carbon dioxide, it matters. And, and, and you become able to run further faster when you learn how to do that. And this is exactly how God created you to work as well spiritually. Now, I want to do something. How many of y'all have taken a flight in this room? Anybody? You've got, you've, okay, excellent. Okay, does this sound familiar, okay? 
Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to direct your attention to the television monitors in front of you. We will be showing an in-service safety demonstration and would like the next few minutes of your complete attention. When the seatbelt sign illuminates, does it sound familiar? When the seatbelt sign illuminates, you must fashion the seatbelt. I don't know why they do that because when you go down, it don't matter anyway, right? Um, to do this, simply insert the metal fittings into the one another and tighten. If you don't know how to do this, go back to kindergarten. To release your seatbelt, lift the upper portion of the buckle. We suggest that you keep your seatbelt fastened throughout the flight as we may experience what? Turbulence. That's right. Okay, that's always so comforting before we take off. Then the next part, this is where I want you to tune in just a little bit more. Get, get, get a little bit more intent right here, okay? Oxygen and the air pressure are always being monitored in the cabin. In the event of a cabin decompression, an oxygen mass will automatically appear in front of you. To start the flow of oxygen, pull down the mass towards you, place it firmly over your nose and mouth, secure the elastic band behind your head, and breathe. Yeah, right. It's okay. I'll work on that. I'll make sure I do that. Yeah, it's okay. Although the bag does not inflate, oxygen is still flowing to the mask. If you are traveling with a child or someone who requires assistance, secure your mask first. Everybody say that. Secure your mask first and then assist the other person. That will not be a problem. Let me just tell you if you're flying with me. <laughs> now, why in the world would I read flight instructions to you this morning? Because unlike most flights in this world, where if you've been on many at all, you don't experience decompression in a cab plane cabin very often. Uh, and, and the, the, you know, turbulence is rare to minimum, okay? However, in the spiritual life, let me just inform you this morning. Jesus said that you will experience turbulence in this life. Come on, somebody. Isn't that a great reason to celebrate in church today? It's going to be a turbulent ride home. Glory to God. In fact, he says it so well in John 16, He says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. Jesus has overcome the world. How, and how he has created us to win is by his design, okay? His spirit at work in us is what has created us to overcome the things of this world. Now, all this is for a reason. Stay with me, okay? So how do you, how do you live an empowered, born-again, overcoming, spirit-filled life? You have to put your mask on first, you have to put your mask on first. You have to build yourself, your spirit self up before you build up your mind, your will, your emotions, and your physical body. You have to put on the mask first to build your spirit. In fact, there are three ways that you do this. I'm going to give them to you quickly, and then we're going to bring this to an end. We're going to land the plane without turbulence in Jesus' name. Amen. There's three ways that we put the mask on first spiritually. Because this is so important. Then once we have that on spirit, once our spirit man is strong, listen, then you can assist your soul and your body. The, the children sitting next to the adult sitting in the seat. Are you with me? Are you tracking? John 3.3, 3, it says this. Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are what? Born again. So the first way 
that we put our mask on first, we know this, is a relationship with God through Jesus. That's the first circle that we're going to put on the screen here for you. It's a relationship. Outside of that, nothing else matters. It has to start there, a relationship with Jesus. Then 1 Corinthians 12, 17 says this, now you are the body of Christ and each and every one of you is what? A part of, you're a part of it. So when you are born again, now you become part of the body of Christ because number two is that you have to have a healthy relationship with God's people. That's why at Lead Church, we talk so much about being involved with God's people outside of this place because it matters. It's the part of putting the mask on first. I'm going to show you this, how this all fits together. So number one, we have to have a relationship with God. Number two, God says you got to have a relationship with other people. You can't do this on your own. You've got to be connected to the body. And then number three, Matthew 6.33, it says this, but seek what first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. So God says, listen, you got to have a relationship with me, circle number one. Circle number two, you've got to have a relationship with the body of Christ. And number three, you've got to seek the kingdom. In other words, you've got to be on mission in the kingdom in order to find purpose in this life. You have to, number three, be actively involved in God's mission. That puts you in a place where you're putting on the spiritual mass first, so now my spirit man is strong enough that my mind, my will, and emotions are not running over the thing, and my body is in line with what the spirit is saying. Are you following me here? There's a reason that he did this, and, and it's very clear. Now listen, where the three of these, put that back on the screen for me real quick. Where the three of these come together, we're talking about better. Anybody want to be better? It's right in the center of that. When I get all three of these things right, I have it right, and all of a sudden I find better in my life. Now, I want to close this. In fact, Ben, I want to invite you to come up here. And in fact, I want you to go into that last song. I want you to be ready because I, I feel like we're going to just sing that again here together in a minute. I want to show you this because, again, we're talking about the breath of God. We're talking about air this morning and how it allows you to run further faster. Can I show you how God made you? Can I take you back to Genesis and remind you how God made you this morning? Even if you don't want to go with me, I've got the mic and I'm going there. So it's going to be on the screen. Here we go. Genesis 2, verse 7. Watch this. It says, and the Lord God formed man, that's you. Everybody look at your neighbor and say, that's you. Of the dust of the ground... And breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being. Now watch, God showed me this this week so clearly. So God, he formed you and then he, he breathed into you the breath of life. The very breath that you have today, he, he breathed it into you. It's called the pneuma, the spirit of God, he breathed into you. Now, he said this, basically what God was saying in the very beginning. Watch this. Watch these three circles come back to play here. Number one, I, I'm bringing you into a relationship with me because apart from me, you can't do nothing. Secondly, he realized after he made the first man, he's like, you're not going to be able to do this on your own. I'm going to put you in covenant relationship. I'm going to create a helpmate 
a helpmate. That's exactly what Genesis says. I'm going to create you a helper, a helpmate to help you on this earth. So Eve's born. There she is. And then he says, not only are you going to be in relationship with me, not only am I going to give you a helpmate, but thirdly, I'm going to give you divine mission and purpose. You're going to work in my kingdom. I'm going to make it real clear what your mission is. You see that? That's how God formed it. It's those three circles from the very beginning playing out. Now watch this. Then comes a little snake slithering into the garden, right? What happened? What happened? When a, we got the breath knocked out of us. That's what happened. We lost the of God. All of a sudden, the breath of God gets knocked out of us, and thanks to sin, now I've lost my relationship with God. Circle number one's gone. Number two, the 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 the, the helpmate is that's a, a tense relationship that I gotta work through and fight with. It's it's not working like it should have. And number three, now I've lost my purpose because I don't have a relationship with God. He stole from me how God very intended me to live. Now, thank God for the New Testament. Anybody with me? Because now Jesus said, I've, mm, I've got a plan for this. I've got an answer to this. Let me take you to it. John chapter 20. i got to do this so quick because we're running out of time. Listen, John 20, verse 22. Watch this. So we're broken. We're desperate. We have nothing. Then Jesus shows up on the scene and he says this. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. <coughs> receive the Holy Spirit because when you are born again your relationship with the Father is restored when you are born again I'm breathing the pneuma the, 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 the word of God the life of God the spirit of God is now back on the inside of you Rela- I've given you watch this your helpmate back the helper has come to help you and now you are on mission on purpose for God do you see how Jesus came and gave you the better that was taken away from you from the beginning you can't do this on your own you can't get better on your own you need the relationship with God you need the power of the Holy Spirit and you got to be on mission in his kingdom in order for better to manifest itself in your life. Yet how many of us try without it? Like, ah, church, yeah, once every six weeks is good enough for me. Right? I know I'm preaching to the choir right now. Thank you for being here this morning, okay? But we, 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 we lose and we allow the enemy to take us back to a broken place where our wind, where our air, where our breath is stolen from us and he says listen no 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 no. put your mask back on jesus came to put the mask on you why take it off are you with me this morning does this connect with you at all can i ask you to stand to your feet i want to invite dustin back up here and this is how i want to end i want to go back into this song and i just want to declare it a few times over it's your breath in our lungs so we cry out to you come on somebody let put your hands in the air right now let me just pray over you father i thank you that in this place the spirit of the living god is active and alive and i pray just in these few moments as we just kind of declare this one more time in this place would you encamp your presence here father would you help us put our mask back on we want to breathe a 
again in this place. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.